Say good morning to each one. Greetings to you in the name of Jesus. My wish for you as a congregation this morning is found in Second Peter, second verse of the first chapter. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. We know God, then that song that we just sang is a, a truth in our life. God equips who he calls. Sometimes we get assigned a topic that <laughs> is good for ourselves. And um, this, this is something that I know at times I have, I have struggled with. And um, something God has been teaching me and uh, making more clear in the last years of my life. But Brother Dana started out last night, and he mentioned that sometimes we say things that are sort of cliche. And I thought about that. God equips who he calls. And I've been told that a few times, and it's felt that way. It's just a nice thing to say, you know, and, and I'm sure the person meant well, but it just didn't quite scratch where it was itching. Um, and so I, I, this is, it is a truth, and I, I believe it most of the time. <laughs> I think a calling that we're looking at, call to the ministry, and then also the, the truth that God equips who he calls are just things that the, the, the bottom line as we start out is we're just going to have to accept by faith and, and move forward in faith. There's times when we're just not so sure about that. <clears throat> and sometimes we just, we just need to, when our feelings are, are out there and wanting to control us and, and pulling us here, pulling us there, um, I've just found I need to go back to truth and just look at truth and say, what, what is truth in this case? And, and so I just want to throw that out, first of all. We need to move into this realm by faith. <clears throat> Oftentimes when I think of God equipping someone, or in my case, maybe I get voted to do a position, something that just puts me into an uncomfortable spot, or maybe it's the call to the ministry. <clears throat> and then I th my, my thinking kind of goes like this. Well, okay, so God, now you've, you've called me, now equip me. <laughs> and I'm waiting for some, some movement here, waiting for some special touch. And, and I think there's ways that God does that. But today, I want to go in the opposite direction. I want to just explore a little bit how God has worked in our past and what he has done up until today in preparation for this. That is something that he has made more clear to me. And, and so on that basis, I would, I would ask that all of you listen, because I think this applies to all of us in our lives. There's times where we face situations, maybe even as a new father or, or whatever it might be. There's just all kinds of things. And, and we're just like, I can't do this. I, I don't know. You know, I don't have the experience I need. Well, 
I think if we, I just want to dissect a couple verses and look at some truths that I think, I believe, bring this truth out and, and just look at a few examples then um, how God worked in a person's life leading up to a certain point. So how has God worked in your life to prepare you where you are today? Whether you're one of the four couples or wherever you find yourself, what has God done? First verse I want to take a look at is in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 10. And the preceding verses, very, very um, familiar verses here. Verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Very familiar with those. And then we go on and we read verse 10. For we are his workmanship, his creation, his product, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. There's two truths, especially, that I want to, that are reassuring to me, and, and I think you will find this also. The first one is in that first phrase, we are his workmanship. That literally just means that you are a product of God's hands, something he has made. I work at a cabinet shop, and so the cabinets that are that are installed in that kitchen. I had, I played a part, that's part, at least in part, the product of my hands. You are a product of God's hands. And so to accept that by faith, that gives us a good foundation, something to stand on, um, some reassurance. Those times when you are called to do something, you're like, I, I can't do this. I, I, this just pushes me way out of my comfort zone. And then we have to step back and look at truth. And this first truth is, God has made me. I am a product of God. Now, in most of the places where we work, producing a product, there is one or more or several, depending how big your corporation is, there's, there's quality control people assigned. Because somebody maybe is new at their job or maybe somebody doesn't care quite enough. And so there has to be that inspection before this product goes out to make sure it meets the quality standards. God doesn't need quality control, not even when he put you together. Now, sometimes we might question that. Maybe it feels like um, back when I was growing up, they told you not to buy a car that was that came off of the the production line, uh, if it was built on a Friday or a Monday, don't buy those. <laughs> Friday, they're too close to the end of the week. They don't care. We're out of here. Just get her done. And Friday, they're still trying to work out of the weekend. Work. So I don't know if that's how it is at Newmar or not. But um, it doesn't matter when God puts you together. You're his product. You're his workmanship. He does things well. Can you believe that? Can we stand like, can we rest in that? I am his workmanship, his product. Has to begin there. And he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but that good works can actually mean an occupation. Now, is ministry an occupation? Not necessarily, and yet I think it falls sort of within that. Um, it can be. Uh, so I don't think we're pulling this out of uh, anything that shouldn't be. So first fact, we are a product of God's own hands. Now, the next phrase, and, and this is where... God's plan for our life begins. It says, which God hath before ordained. That simply means that he has fitted fitted it up. He has, has put the pieces together and worked this thing out in his mind. He's created a blueprint in advance. Now, there's some other scriptures that talk about the fact that that God has plans for our lives, even before we were born or while we were in our mother's womb. Some of those verses And that's where my mind went with this. God has before ordained. He thought about this in advance. Remember how Solomon, um, when he was um, having the temple built, the huge stones that were, were prepared for this building, and they were basically perfect. Their quality control was very good. But nothing was done at the site. They were prepared in advance somewhere else, and they were brought in and simply just assembled. Sort of that idea. God has fitted us up in advance. So if we can put God into our mindset, he was was sitting there thinking, I don't know how long ago already, he was thinking on May 1, 2022, Salem's going to have an ordination. They're going to need somebody to be put into this office of minister to help complement the rest of the team, to bring what is lacking. Someone who will be prepared and put together in a certain way so that he can meet the need of that, help meet the need of those congrega- this congregation for the years to come. And so he started thinking about how that life should look, how that person should look. And he started designing and taking notes and putting down that, planning some things. I'm going to put him into this family because I see, I know how his mom and dad are going to, you know, handle family life. I know the training he's going to get. And he even put some peers in place, friends, and designed a job that would help mold, and hobbies, even give give this person, you know, things that he likes, because it all flavors who we are, it all flavors how how we do things, all kinds of things. God, is that taking it too far, to just think that God actually... He before ordained. He fitted these details together in advance. If you've never looked at your life that way before, I would just ask you to start thinking about your life and start thinking about some details, some things that have happened, some things that have shaped and molded who you were, who you are today who you have become. 
and just recognize that God planned those events. God hath before ordained. I truly believe God has been doing that, not only in the one in the life of the one who will be called today, but in all of our lives. And that's that gives me hope. Um, and I, I know people are so different, but but I'm one that I, I've I've struggled with, you know, <laughs> feeling adequate and and just feeling like, you know, just having a lot of self doubts. And so I need some reassurance. So I go back to some of these truths and I look at that. And, and I can see, I can't always see it, not often even, when I'm in the middle of the situation, how this is helping make me the person I want to be. But some of those past things, knowing that, helps temper current situations and helps me realize that, well, I'm pretty sure God is about something here, so hang on, just, just stay with him, don't, don't give up, don't just you know throw this uh, situation out the door and it's just a, a negative thing, but to just believe. God has been directing in my life, been directing in your life, all these these steps. For we are his workmanship, his product, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Sounds like Psalm 37 where he says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's laid those things out. So remember those two truths. I'm God's product. And he has, even before, I believe even before I was born, before you were born, he had a plan and he started putting some of those things together, put them in place. Now turn with me to Hebrews 13, another verse I'd like to look at. Excuse me. Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. This is a benediction, a blessing that you may hear different times, but in the middle of this, I find some more truths. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect or complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. The ESV says, equip you with everything good that you may do his will. It says that God is at work equipping you to do his will. Like I mentioned, I work at a cabinet shop and if Monday morning when I walk in there, my employer comes to me and he says, here, here's a brand new chainsaw. I think this will speed up your production. I think you'll be able to cut the face frame pieces a lot quicker. I just don't 
think that's quite the tool that I need. It would speed things up, but the, the joinery would not pass that quality control. It just wouldn't look quite right. God's not going to give you unnecessary tools. God's not going to put you into, I don't want to say unnecessary situations. Um, I know we live in a fallen world. I know that things that happen in our lives are sometimes the cause of people around us that are choosing wrongly. And so, was it God's will that this happened in my life? I don't know. That's a pretty tough question. I do know one thing. God showed how creative he was back in creation. Just look at his, just look at the world around you. Look at the people around you. It's pretty creative. He hasn't lost that ability. He hasn't lost his creative ability. He hasn't lost his redeeming nature. And so he takes those things, whether we feel that was in his will or not, he takes things that have happened to us, even evil things, bad things, and he can redeem those and he can make good things come from them. And I'll look at one of those examples a little bit later on. So I I want to just say again that I don't believe that God wastes events in your life. He's not giving you unnecessary tools. Now, there may be, you know, some of those lessons and those things may not be something you use every day, but here and there, there's going to be situations that come up that, ah, yes, and you draw back off of wisdom that you've gained, things that you've learned in your own personal life, and so he is equipping you with everything good. Why? So that you can do his will. working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. God will equip you. And then I like the last part there, that it's pleasing in his sight. And sometimes that takes a little bit of faith too. We may not always please everyone around us. There is, I was looking at the scripture, um, one of the Corinthians, where he's talking about the different gifts, and he mentions that they're all given by the same Spirit, and yet there are differences. There's differences in callings. There's differences in, in the way that it's worked out. And so, so we are different. We, are, um, we go about things differently. Um, and I mentioned Friday evening that the missionary family that was there in Belize ahead of us, how they were equipped with different tools in their life than my wife and I were. Now, does that mean that he was wrong or that I was wrong? No. Because as I... Well, let me say this first. When they left and I needed to step up and lead out in the mission as a mission administrator and be the the lead pastor at the church... It was a switch for the church because we had quite a bit of different leadership styles. And uh, it wasn't really easy for them or for me. And sometimes I was like, 
I just wasn't sure what to do, you know, and I knew that it was hard for the church. And so it could feel, it could feel like, um, well, maybe I'm not doing things right. Maybe I'm not doing this well. I'm just not doing it like Merv did. But as I step back now and I look, I see that God had equipped us differently for very specific purposes. The years that they were there, the church needed, they needed some good, strong leadership. They needed direction. The years that we were there were some important transitioning years moving towards local leadership. And so now I can look back and see how God used that those different giftings. And, and we were just completely different people. So instead of looking at this guy just does not lead out the way, he's just not. No, let's, let's recognize that God calls different people to, to different positions at different times. There is a need for that. I just, I just want to use that personal example, something that I can look back and now see more clearly. But when I was there in the middle of the situation, it was, it was a little tougher. It was hard. So the truth here, God will equip you with everything good that you may do his will. Can I believe that? I just want to take a little bit of time and look quickly at some examples from the Bible. How did God equip, prepare some of his servants, um, Moses. Moses spent his first 40 years in his parents' home and then in Pharaoh's palace. Quite extreme, from, from a slave home to a palace. But God used both of those aspects. Those first very formative years spent at home by his parents, he learned about the God of the Hebrews. He learned that they were his special people. There was a calling on their lives. They, that there were certain promises. I don't know what all he was taught, but I'm guessing mom and dad knew that we're not going to have him very long. We need to be very diligent to teach. And they just poured everything into him. He learned to love his people. And then he spent probably most of those first 40 years in Pharaoh's palace being trained in all the knowledge of the Egyptians, which was probably the leading, they were the leading educators. He was well taught, which equipped him to then write the first five books of the Bible. So God used some of that. He learned the ways of the palace, certain protocols, um, where to be able to find those later years, where to be able to find Pharaoh at a certain part of the day because he knew that routine. Some of those things, just practical things that we maybe don't think about, that he learned in those first 40 years. He was, the, the historian Josephus would tell us that he was trained as a general and actually was, was a good general in the Egyptian army, um, some success there. That was valuable later on in, as they were um, coming into pain and some of those, the warfare and things. that. So God used those first 40 years in his parents' home, in the palace as one of the princes of Egypt, he learned some very valuable things. In fact, in Acts 7, Stephen says that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was mighty in words and deeds. The next 40 years were spent hidden away in the desert somewhere just back out there in oblivion. Just probably felt like wasted years. 
He had tried to help his people, got ahead of God, <laughs> tried to help his people, and so now he was banished to the desert. But God used that time. God didn't waste those 40 years. The very desert where they spent some of their um, 40 years in the wilderness then. He learned how to survive in the desert. He, he learned shepherding skills, I believe, working for his father-in-law. Some very valuable things. They weren't wasted years. Now he was an 80-year-old man. That's time to retire, isn't it? And God says, I need you. His last 40 years took him back to Pharaoh's court and then out into the wilderness and leading a huge multitude of people. All those things, God was at work preparing for the next step, for the next stage, learning valuable things. And probably at a time, according to the way Moses argued with him, I'm guessing he thought he was probably about done. He was, you know what? <clears throat> I had some good ambitions. I blew it. Now I've spent 40 years in the desert. I don't know. I'm just about done. And God says no. King David, I think God used those early years out as a shepherd, teaching him some very, very valuable things. Um, <clears throat> he learned about courage, taking action, even when facing formidable foes. Um, I'm guessing he wasn't that old. I might be wrong, but when he faced the lion and the bear as a shepherd, those were lessons he never he never forgot. Proved it when he stepped up against Goliath. He told King Saul, he says, ah, he said, same God who helped me with the lion and the bear. No problem. It's just another one. <laughs> wow. I need trust like that. Then he spent time in the palace also with, with King Saul there. Um, later on as a son-in-law, you know, and he, he also was one of the generals. So he learned, he learned about leadership. He learned about palace life, protocol there. And I'm guessing he even learned from some of King Saul's mistakes, some things that, uh, that doesn't work. What did he learn those years when he was out on the run? I think it was last night it was brought out that possibly 15 to 20 years after, between the time he was anointed to the time he actually took the king role. I'm guessing he wondered sometimes, God, what is going on? But you know what? He learned how not to be a king through those years. He learned how it feels to be under an oppressive king, one that tries to well, yeah, just all those things that happened there. So David was prepared by some of those events. God was at work, step by step, teaching him things. Now, here's the one that we don't like so well, Joseph. And, and some of these events were maybe in Moses and David's life, but Joseph's whole story is sort of, just kind of gets my dander up. It's just not fair all the things that happened to him. And yet, God used all of those things. Scheming betrayal by his brothers. 
landed him in Potiphar's house where, okay, so he learned to manage. He learned to how to handle wealth and how to plan, do business, and that kind of thing, which served him well when he was later appointed as being second to the king. But again, there he was again, falsely accused, and time in prison, to- totally wrong. And yet, when he met, when he met his brothers, I think it was then, he said something to the effect that, though you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Again, pointing back to that aspect that God is before ordaining the things that we walked in. Was it, was it God's will? It brings up that tough question. Was it God's will that all those negative things happened? I don't know how to explain it all, but God redeemed those situations. He brought good out of it. Joseph responded in a way that he could learn. He could make good on those things and it helped him later on in life. Somewhere in those years, he learned the value of humility, trust, forgiveness, kindness, all those things. And it, it all helped flavor and mold who he was. I hope, I hope each one of you are beginning to get a picture of how God may be at work in your life. No, I said that wrong. (laughs) How God is and has been at work in your life. To just take time, some time to just reflect back. Like I just reflected back on, on that time in Belize and how God used. Sometimes I doubted myself and, and like, I'm just not the leader I need to be. And yet to understand now and to maybe see that. You know, I, I, when God called me to be into the office of bishop, I was wondering, Lord, there's our, our church just grew so much in the last couple of years, and then COVID hit, and I'm just like, why now? Wouldn't it have been better if Lyle would have just gone on for a couple of years, and then maybe after things settled down? I'm still in the middle of it. I'm not sure why. So I have to. That's why I say this message is good for me to just look back. I look back on other aspects of my life, some time that I spend at Fresh Start and learning to look deep into my heart, learning to communicate um, well with people, learning about leadership. Several good men that were older men, very godly men that were in my life. They weren't perfect, but men like Abe Knapp and Hallelujah Irvin, just they had a tremendous impact on my life. And, and I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, I can see how God used different events to help prepare me for the next step. But remember, your life story is unique. Your life won't match my story. Your life won't match necessarily Joseph's story or David's or Moses. God is creative. God is at work. Can you trust him? Let me just rehearse a couple truths here in closing. You are God's product. The work of his hands. He has been personally developing you, your character, perfecting you. God has been working on the blueprint of your life even before your birth. And as life began happening, he was orchestrating all those events. Why? To better equip you for the work he has planned for you. So now, take that next step in faith.
Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God bless you.